And now I would like to introduce to you my friend, Sona. Good evening, everybody. Glad you are here tonight. My name is Sona, and I'm a believer in Jesus who struggles with codependency and food addiction. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for Celebrate Recovery always. Lord, just the gift that it has been to me personally and the gift that I know that it has been to many in this room and to many that have come before us over the years. Lord, I pray that tonight would just be a night that... um, You've given me the words to write. Just um, help me to read them, Lord. And and, um, I pray that it would be possibly part of someone else's recovery. Maybe they hear something that they can grab onto. And uh, maybe they hear something that they can talk about in open share tonight that can just be an encouragement or um, helpful to them. Lord, we give this night over to you. And I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So, I was born to Joe and Joyce Reynolds in October of 1968. Um, Don't do the math right now, you can figure it out later. Um, I'm the eldest of two daughters. My parents quickly married after they found out that they were pregnant with me. And my sister came along 11 months later. My dad was in the Navy and was stationed at Treasure Island, and my mom lived at home with her mom in San Leandro. When I was two years old, my dad moved us to New England where he grew up, outside of the Boston area. My parents bought a house and we lived there as a family until I was five. My parents divorced and my dad moved out. I don't really ever remember my dad living with us other than two kind of vague memories of him in the home. The divorce changed the course of my life as often divorce does. My my father never supported my mom financially, and she turned to the state for help in the form of welfare. She did foster care for a while as a way to earn some income and to be home with her two young daughters. When my sister and I were both in school, my mom went to work. These were rough years for my mom. She tried to do the best she could, and I always knew that she loved us. At a very young age, I remember feeling responsible, though, for her and my little sister. My mom would often confide in me about worries that she had, and I could see that she felt as though she had a lot of weight on her shoulders. I remember going to bed, crying quietly many nights, but I didn't really know why, and I never told anyone. I just kept it a secret. I can look back now and see this may be where my codependency started, or at least some of it. I took on the weight of the world alone and struggled in silence as a child. This would become my habit for many years to come. Another habit I picked up around this time was using food. We had a little corner store down the street, so where I lived, west side of Modesto would be similar to, you know, you have the little liquor stores. And it was just right on our street, and my mom would send us down there um, after she got up from from home from work, um, and we would get a two-liter bottle of Pepsi and a bag of Doritos. 
and we'd watch soap operas together and eat our favorite snacks. And um, maybe for her it was a numbing strategy, but I actually loved that time with my mom and my sister. Um, and I also le learned that food was a good comforter. On Saturdays, my sister and I would go see my dad. I always felt responsible for my sister when we were with my dad. She would enjoy the day and have fun with my dad and cousins, and I would watch from the sidelines and keep to myself, always kind of wishing that my dad would play with me like he played with my sister. But I was afraid to speak up and say so. At age nine, my father remarried. My stepmom was a much older woman who had already raised a daughter, and she never seemed too happy about having to take care of us every Saturday. She would make us change our filthy clothes when we came to her house and put on the clothes that she bought for us that we could only wear when we were there. It always made me feel not good enough when I was around her, and I believed that she did not like me. In fifth grade, I started gaining a lot of weight, um, guessing from using food as a comfort, and I always had stomach aches. I was picked on a lot in school for not having nice clothes and silly things that kids make fun of other kids for. I stayed inside myself and just cried silently at night. After many doctor visits and tests, I was diagnosed with some such stomach ailment, but looking back now, I know that it was eating and the stress that I took on that was the cause of the stomach aches. I didn't know what to do with my emotions, so I pushed them deep down. At about age 10, I went to a youth rally with my mom and some people from our church, and after hearing Nikki Cruz give his testimony, I gave my life to Christ. I had gone to church for about five years of my childhood by that time, but this was the first time that I really felt God calling my name. I loved church and the people there because they loved me, and they accepted me just as I was. I was allowed to be a kid, and I didn't feel responsible for anything, and there was a lot of freedom for me in that. It was just a beautiful place for me, to, for me as a child, and there was nowhere I would rather be. We were Southern Baptist, and so what that meant was church started with Sunday school in the morning, and then church, and then potluck, and then missions, and then Sunday night church. So there were days that we never actually went home. And I cherish those memories of church growing up. The summer before my seventh grade year, my mother was court ordered to sell the family home and we had to move. My mother secretly took us away from Massachusetts back to California where her family was from. This was traumatic for me. I was not allowed to tell anyone that we were moving. We left everything and everyone we knew and moved to a new place. I like routine, stability, and security. Even at that young age, I did. And this turned my world upside down. I felt out of control and scared. I remember crying for days before we left as we were hidden away at a friend's house so that my father would not know that we were leaving. Starting junior high in a new place was not easy. I was shy, unsure of myself, and I felt less than. These years and my early high school years were difficult. I still kept my emotions to myself and did not know how to handle them. And even though the move to California had the, been the most traumatic thing in my life up to that time, there were also some really positive things that came out of it. 
my mom found another wonderful Southern Baptist church right in our neighborhood, and we started attending there. And again, I found church to be a safe harbor in my unpredictable world. My mom found great friends, and I felt like I was a part of a new family. The pastor's wife loved on me and made me feel special. The pastor took time to spend with the youth of the church and taught us how to walk out our faith. At school, I found a friend who was also new, and we started spending time together. I started to feel better about who I was. I started opening up to others and allowed them into my life. A couple years after that, home life became difficult again as I watched my mom and my sister struggle with a variety of different issues. I became angry over what I could not control. I did my best to control the things I could and internalized a lot of the unrest that I did not have control over. I started looking for ways I could gain more control. I started working. I wanted to have my own money so that I could do what I wanted with it. I started spending a lot of time with friends, and I looked for ways to stay away from home. I didn't understand what was going on in my family totally, but I knew I didn't like it. Anger and control had become my default by this time in my life. When I was not confronted with my immediate family issues, my life was pretty good. I still loved my church, I had wonderful friends, I liked school, I was working, I was doing the typical teenage things. Also, during this time, I was exploring what it was to be a follower of Christ, and this was a huge part of my life. I wanted to do it right. I followed the rules. Actually, I've been a rule follower all my life. I had learned over the years that when I follow the rules, it made people happy with me, and I liked the way it felt to have people happy with me. I made it a goal to always do the right thing, so that way people would be happy with me. This became more pronounced when I was looked at as the good girl. The rest of my high school years and into adulthood, I was the good girl. I was in control, making good decisions, I had great Christian friends, family life had started to get better, and things were going well. I graduated from high school and went away to college. After a year of college, I decided to join the Army. College was expensive, and I just wasn't sure it was for me at that point in my life. I had always thought about joining the Army, so I did, I did it. I decided to go. Uh, this decision was a, a definite life changer, away from my Christian community that provided me with encouragement and accountability. I started to make selfish decisions that would result in life-altering consequences. Being one of only a handful of women in a battalion of hundreds of men, I was paid attention to in a way that I had never been before. I had a few short dating relationships until I met my first love. I thought he was the man I would marry and found myself, over time, compromising a commitment that I had made to God to remain a virgin until I was married. Fast forward a couple years, and when I met the man who would eventually become my husband, it was so much easier to get to that place of physical intimacy so much faster. In a matter of months, I was pregnant. And Every time I say this, whenever I say my, my kids' names, it makes me, like, choke up. Um, in a matter of months, I was pregnant, and in nine, month, nine months later, in June of 1991, my son Joshua was born. <sighs> we had rushed into a physical relationship, and now I found myself rushing into a marriage. One mistake right after another. 
We were married in December of 1991. His two and a half year old daughter, Danielle, came to live with us in January and instantly became my daughter. And I found out I was pregnant again in February of that year. And another daughter, Robin. Boom, 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 instant family of five. But we didn't stop there. <laughs> because two years later, child number four, my son Jordan, was born. Now make that a family of six. My life felt out of control. And I hated that feeling more than anything. I handled it the way I had handled things when I was younger. I started trying to get and keep everything under my control. My new husband had his own way of living, and it did not sit well with me. I picked back up another thing that I had learned when I was younger, and that was my default to anger. When he would spend his nights out with friends, at bars, playing softball, or anything other than being at home, I would default to that anger and control, and that is what our marriage looked like. I did not allow myself or didn't know how to let myself feel anything else than anger. I tried to portray the perfect little family to the outside world. I had unrealistic expectations of myself, my kids, my husband, and my marriage. I drove myself crazy trying to be the perfect wife and mother by sewing clothes, baking from scratch, having the cleanest, cutest little apartment with cute wallpaper borders just like the ones I saw in magazines. I crocheted blankets for all the new little babies at church and threw fun baby showers for friends and creative birthday parties for my kids. From the outside, it may have looked like I had it all together. But inside, I was a big fat mess. I did these things because I thought that I had to be superwoman to be loved and accepted. I thought these were the things that good mothers did. I thought if I did not do these things, my kids wouldn't turn out okay. I thought they needed all of these perfect little things to turn out to be successful in life. I bought the lie of the world and the lie of the enemy, and it cost me joy, peace, and contentment for many years. Fast forward several years, I now had four children who were almost all teenagers, a marriage that was riddled with unresolved issue after unresolved issue, and now one of my kids started to get into trouble. I was critical, judgmental, and untrusting. I lived with a lot of negativity, and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. It was at this point that I thought I would try Celebrate Recovery. I guess this was my lowest point. I had been trying to hold a family of six together by my own control. I thought if I didn't, that everything would fall apart. I realized I needed help, and if I couldn't change my husband, maybe I needed to change myself. I knew I needed to let go. Celebrate Recovery became another life changer. I walked straight into a step study in 2007. Along with counseling earlier that year, the step study opened my eyes to the fact that I had a lot of work to do. I had not been trusting God, and I live with fear, which is why I struggle to control everything. I didn't really trust God with my marriage, my kids, and really anything else in my life. Working the steps has helped me to see that God can be trusted and I was able to give over issue after issue to him. It taught me that I never really had control anyway. 
and that many times I have gotten in the way of my own happiness by having expectations of people that were never going to be met by them. It has taught me how and when to let go of the illusion of control, my unrealistic expectations of myself and others, and has grown my trust in God to handle situations that are out of my hands. I was finally ready to follow step three and turn my life and my will over to the care of God. This was huge for me as a control freak. I could surrender to God and allow him to care for me. Matthew 11:28 through 29 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This was the beginning of the new me. It was not easy. To go from carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders to now allowing someone else to carry that weight is a big change, but the results are amazing. I started to see positive changes in the relationships with my husband and kids. I was allowing them to be them. I stopped trying to control them. I felt free. I started to feel negativity and anger melt away as I realized I was not responsible for everyone and everything. I watched as consequences played out, comforted when needed, but did not step in and try and prevent it. There were failures, and then there were lessons learned from those failures. I have been able to slowly let go of fear, although this is something that I still work on in my recovery journey. The difference, though, is that I do not fear that if I make a mistake, everyone and everything will, around me will fall apart. I have been able to let go of the burden of feeling responsible for holding everything together. My walk with God has changed and grown because I feel free in Him. I see things in a more positive light. I accept challenges, and although sometimes I am still afraid, I know my confidence is in Christ and I can move out in faith. I want to be with Him more and more, and I am filled with joy that I had never really allowed myself to accept freely. I truly believe the timing of my counseling and celebrate recovery journey were God-ordained. I had originally completed a step study in 2007, but did not get back involved here at CR until three years later. In 2010, I started coming to large group in open chair. I started to really live out the things I had learned in my step study. God was preparing my heart for what was to come later that year. In August of 2010, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And a few months later, my husband of 20 years walked away from our marriage. I know that God had prepared me earlier that year so that I would be able to fully rely on and trust him through the cancer treatments and then through the ending of my marriage. I was able to have joy and peace in the midst of those storms because of the healing work that was accomplished through CR. I had learned that I did not have to do life on my own, that God had blessed me with a community who loved me and to whom I could ask help from. I did not feel like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, but rather a loving father who loved and cared for me, and it was he who had it all under control. I believe that God had used the new healthy me to give the comfort he has given to me to help comfort others. 
2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Blessed to be a blessing. As I was walking my cancer journey, God brought several people into my life that I was able to minister to as they walked their journey. Eventually, a volunteer position turned into a paid position with the chemo crew, and it became my job to share my hope, joy, and peace with men and women who were facing a diagnosis of cancer as well. I went back to school to finish a degree I had started 25 years earlier. My, wo- my goal was to get my degree and put it to work at a nonprofit where I could help women in crisis find a better life in some way. I got a job at Bethany Christian Services where I learned more about recovery from the residents who had drug and alcohol addictions. And man, they taught me so much. God was again using recovery to mold and shape me for his purposes. Eventually, in June of 2016, I was hired by another nonprofit without permission where I am able to share the principles of the 12 steps directly and indirectly with young women who are looking for help, hope, and healing from trauma. God is so good. In 2018, God guided me to a whole new and exciting journey. So you see where the sound booth is right there? Turn around and say hi to Ron. Okay, so um, I met a man right back, a couple rows back from where Ron is sitting. Um, One evening on a Saturday night, Pastor Rick told us to turn around and say hello to the people around us. And a little over a year later, in May of 2019, he became my husband. We have been attending CR together ever since we met. Marriage is a proving ground for all the tools we learn here at CR, and we are able to practice them together. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. Another proving ground for the tools we learn here in CR is parenting adult children. Can I hear an amen? (laughs) It has been difficult to watch my kids make decisions that I believe are going to bring heartache, destruction, pain, and hardship. But I have to allow them to make their choices and love them where they are. They are on a journey too, and I cannot control or enable them. I pray a lot. I am tempted at times to get in their business more than is healthy for me or them, but I don't, mostly. (laughs) I really, I really don't a lot. That is, that's not for me, that is for God. So I give them over to God and I give them over and over and over and over. He has them in the palm of his hand and I have to trust them to his loving care. They are a work in progress. I am also a work in progress. After working on my codependent tendencies for the last decade, I was convicted that it was time to tackle some food issues that had plagued me since childhood. My issues with food have flown under the radar for most of my adult life because they were always, there were always more glaring problems to deal with. I have used food for comfort ever since I can remember. Over the last few years, I have been really paying attention to how I use food and trying to change the bad habits that I have had throughout my life. I love this quote from 
Calvin Miller. It says, hunger is a God-given drive for sustaining life, but gluttony moves ahead of need and eats merely to feel good. I love this quote because it sums up my issue with food. I use food to feel good. I use food to help me feel better about, I, ha, I use food to help myself feel better when I am not feeling so good. I use it to numb. I am in the process of working through this one and I've had some success, but I am not there yet. Still finding peace and joy at being that work in progress. You are a work in progress as well. I want to encourage you, if you're here for the first time, please come back. The first time I walked into this room, I thought, yeah, I don't belong here. I did not think that this was the place for me. I thought, I am not like these people, but I was wrong. We may not all have the same issues, but if we are out of control in any area of our lives, then here is where healing can be found. I kept coming back, and each week I would hear someone share, and I would pick out a thought or a phrase that I related to and thought, I can learn something here. I've learned so much from so many. We all have something to teach each other, and we can all learn from each other. In the years since I've been attending CR, I have had the honor and privilege to be a CR counseling intern, facilitate open share and step study groups, sponsor women, and work with the TEAM. I love to promote CR in the community with my clients, my friends, and my family. I believe God uses Celebrate Recovery as a tool to help bind up the brokenhearted, to, procl to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the, for the prisoners, Isaiah 61.1. And I am thankful he has used it to heal me. Thank you for letting me share. Let's hear it one more time for Sona. Sona, I'm so glad you walked through those doors so many years ago. So glad that uh, you went through that step study. You fought those battles and uh, God did miracles in your life. And thank you for that. Thank you for your work you currently do in our community. And uh, if her story touched your heart tonight, I encourage you. When you see her, make sure you let her know and uh, how much you appreciate her. And uh, I'm just excited that we could have her share her story. She was on our TEAM at one time. I think she was, uh, were you the assimilation coach? She was the A. So uh, she's uh, served in our ministry for a lot of years. I enjoy doing ministry with her. But uh, let's close our time with the serenity prayer. And so uh, as we do that, uh, I want to remind our first-time guests afterwards, right out those doors, right across the hallway, second-time guests right up front. And uh, let me give you the focus question first. Let me give you the focus question first. I just threw the guy in the booth uh, a curveball. Thanks, John. Uh, what is a major victory you have received in Celebrate Recovery? And if not one yet, what area do you expect to have a victory and Why? And so that's a great focus question for you guys tonight. But uh, let's close the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time 
enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Amen. Love you.